Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. is up wizards fans welcome to another believe in wizards podcast i'm matt moderno that is not jihadi white joining me here today i've got iran soroka of sport five in israel and the osim nba podcast joining me iran thanks for coming on man how are you i'm great matt uh, thanks for inviting me no no this this is great we're long overdue the last time we did one of these was about two years ago it was very denny centric at the time and he was on the uh you know, in the midst of a heater uh at the moment so um now we're catching him on another really good stretch of basketball and I think the last time, you know, it was a bit of a hot streak as opposed to this just feels different. This feels like there's been some growth, like solid. This is where I am now. You know, like I have this is Denny is this player and anything from here and, and beyond is, uh, you know, is icing on the cake. So I guess just initial reaction to, to Denny's recent play. Um, basically, um, when he was drafted ninth overall, I know that ninth picks are not always going to be great uh, if you're going back in time, but uh, to be a lottery pick, it means that you have a great potential. And actually in Israel, we saw him leading uh, Israel youth teams and of course, it's different with the competition level, but we saw the leadership in him. We saw the oomph in him, uh, and we were wondering if it, uh, when it will come out. And actually, honestly, sometimes over the last few years, we were starting to wonder: where, Will it ever come out? Will it ever? Will he ever be put in the situation to let it all out? But then uh, it just happened uh, lately, and. In terms of a lot of uh, in terms of, of uh, the situation that allowed that, there's a lot of things to discuss. But basically, he just um, both in his place in his rotation, both in the situation of the Wizards, and both in his personal development. Uh, it looks like we reached a level that is finally starting to show up what we always knew that we expect him to be. Yeah, I think it's just sort of like all those things are hitting at the exact right time, and then we wind up with this forty-three point fifteen rebound game and. You know, if you'd have told me he went on like a four game in a row stretch where he had 25 plus points and 10 rebounds and eight assists or whatever, I'd be like, yeah, totally, totally see that. Like, but 43 points and 15 rebounds is just sort of a, a another gear there that I, I didn't honestly know that he had. It's not skill wise at this point that he couldn't do it. It was just I didn't think he had like it in him to take that many shots. And granted, he, he made a huge percentage, but um, he just looks so much more confident. And I think that's the biggest thing. We always say that uh, Kyle Kuzma is taking away his shots. And Kuzma, um, of course, he's much like you know senior player in the Wizards rotation. He's stature in the league. He was already a third less slash fourth best player in the team that won championship. But it, uh, what, uh, I, one of the, the biggest surprises, which is not a lot of surprises, not very surprising uh, in retrospect, but is that the Wizards re-signed him this summer uh, when they it was clear that they are going uh, full tank. <laughs> They're going to operate the tank and start rolling. Um, and then like re-signing Kuz to four years didn't make any sense initially. 
and actually even after that um like i, I even remember the depth charts um of previous of the the, the offseason people wasn't even expecting Denny to start and i was saying no <clears throat> Denny is definitely starting there not bilal and not kispert with all due respect then he's their starting power as small forward and they, even when he got the contract extension it was even more clear but then um Kuzma being there, it looks like just a strange fit in the tanking team because, you know, he can contribute somewhere else uh, so much more. But then when you start to see his contract, so it's a very tradable contract. Um, unlike, numbers nice. <coughs> unlike Bradley Bill, <coughs> which was traded anyway in yep. spite of being untradable. Yep. And um, so, like... It didn't like make sense that uh, the, the new management and the, because they came from Oak City and the Clippers, they, they're bunk bunkers. You don't know anything about them and they're very, very diplomatic in their answers, but you don't really know how they envision Danny to be like a cornerstone of the Wizards going forward. And then like signing Kuzma and letting Kuzma and Poole take, you know, 20 shots each every, every game doesn't leave a lot for for the rest of the players and then when the wizards do uh tank and danny isn't one of the two leading scorers so why why is he here there um what, what he's doing there so in terms of of shots whenever kuzma just um was you know absent with the illness so uh then he just took over and took more responsibilities and it was awesome to see because i think it was as you said it was a long time coming and uh actually i was asked that evening um by by the host of the news uh, main name uh, news news uh, sports news show in the sports channel uh, if we ever going to see danny drink this again this <laughs> season so i said sure. in one word absolutely in two words absolutely not Mm -hmm. I I do think that uh, the days of Danny sneaking up to people, like being in the fourth, you know, uh, four, fourth or third page of the scouting report, are gone right yeah, now, yeah. and uh, and it, being like uh, treated like a star, it will be much uh, much more difficult for him. And I remember last year uh, in like March April, he did went on a similar heater after Bradley Beal was shut down, and he had like the twenty five game against the Celtics in the amazing win. Uh, but after that, um, opponents started to treat him as the star. Mm -hmm. And I personally remember a game where the Knicks were playing the Wizards and Josh Hart just went... Locked him down, yeah. It locked him down and like went into his life in like, I don't want to live here afterwards. <laughs> and it just caused him like, I think, eight turnovers or something like that. And it was like, okay, it was a rude awakening for Danny. But now I think that his game is much more diverse and much more confident than even like the what he was up to the last season, especially we had the shooting mechanics, uh, which look much, much more better and the confidence yeah. and the, the ability to, to, to know, attack from different angles, to use screens. Suddenly the Wizards are running plays for him, running plays as, as a set shooter, running pin downs for him and, and like going everybody. I, there was one play against the, the Pelicans where he happened to take, to be on Jose Alvarado and you just, everybody just go away. Let me post up this yep. little little creature, and then when Danny posted up, uh, so it ended up in assist because the the when he was 
coming near to the basket, near the basket. So the defense was concentrating on him, and I think Bagley or Holmes just got a free uh, dunk below the basket. So he's really using, is starting to to come into his own, and his game is much more mature, I think, right now, uh, like he, it was ever, honestly. So uh, we touched on something there a little bit, and it's, it's this is the one that's really most interesting to me. I think is. A lot of the the Denny fans, I think, have this now. Like Kuzma is now the guy. He's the guy holding back Denny. That's become like the latest narrative. I think we're pushing. And and just for context, like the the post game press conferences, it's it's always Kuzma being like, "Hey, I want more from Denny. I want him to be more aggressive. I want him to take a more active role. I want him to do this." Like he's taken on a big brother role with him. Like. Even in the the article for Bulls Forever I did to promote this episode, there's a picture of the two of them, like Kuzma with his arm around him after Denny had a turnover. And it, it's been a very, like, nurturing relationship. And I, we saw Denny's shots trending up even with Kuzma in the lineup. I, what, I, what I think will happen is we'll see Denny more in the 10 to 15 to on a good night 17 kind of shot attempt role as opposed to... 25 shots and and that's probably okay but i just what i don't want to see is well denny didn't have 43 points tonight it's because kuzma's back and it's his fault like i I don't think that's a realistic expectation but i don't think there's any reason he can't be around a 20 point per game scorer for the rest of the season and and i think that's better for both of them and i think the other thing that helped in that game was we saw a much more under control jordan pool he was in the flow of the offense the ball moved there wasn't one guy where the ball kind of stuck and and that's something that Kuzma has been bad about for the last like two months. But previously, that had not been an issue. So I, I think as long as we can get back to what we had seen from Kuzma before, uh, it, it, this shouldn't hold anybody back. It should be a good thing for all. I, I agree. I agree. And I think that um, the problem wasn't always just Kuzma, but Kuzma and Poole. Because mm-hmm. when two of them are combining to for, for like 40 or 45 field goals. And, exactly. and some of them are just like, you know, out of the flow of the offense. They're exactly. just like uh, going two steps after the, the, the half court and mm. just launching a three. And where Demi and Lillard is doing that, or below, or Steph Curry is doing that, that's completely fine. Okay. But, yeah. but Jordan Poole is hitting 30% of his threes this season. Yeah. And 40% of it, actually... Exactly 40% 40, of his field goals. So it's hurting our eyes and it's hurting everybody's development and it's not good sport. Like the Wizards are actually virtually a lock to finish bottom three and have like um, a, a puncher's chance and not more than a puncher's chance for the two top picks in the draft. So mm-hmm. basically I do love Kuzma and Denny's relationship. And I actually, when I wrote about Denny uh, after the, the eruption against the Pelicans, I just wrote that Kuzma should even be his role model. Um Minus the the couple of wild shot attempts again, yeah. the, the couple of wild attempts and plus 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 the you know fashion choices. Yeah, um, well, that, that's uh, taken hold. Denny is all in on the fashion now, apparently. Yeah, yeah. He had Westbrook, he had Kuzma, he just yep. like the best mentors in this regard. And um, so, so if Jordan Poole is playing within the limits of the offense, and if even uh, Brad Kiff is trying to limit Poole's minutes and like get more Bilal and Denny, more Kispert mm. and Denny, so. Like, as you said, having like 15 to 17 shots per, for Danny per game is pretty good. And, and it's pretty good. And I just want to see Kuzma passing a bit more, like nurturing him and being big brother, big brother is great. But 
defer a bit more to him. And I think they actually can develop a great two-man two game that actually will lead to the fact that in the summer, if the Wizards do decide to trade Kuzma, then he will be more naturally uh, to step into Kuz's role yep. going forward. And like take the take the responsibility. That actually, I think the wizard can benefit from that because Kuzma is worth like two first round picks and, um, and you know some good stuff that you can build on. And uh, I think it it also not not good only for the development of Denny, but also good for the development of the Washington Wizard and the franchise because Kyle Kuzma definitely does not um, belong to the current timeline of Wigger. Yeah, I agree. Uh, just. Uh, because I totally forgot here because we had such a good convo. I got to get my ad reads in here out of the way. So we're brought to you by Stateside Vodka and their Surfside Hard Iced Teas, Hard Lemonades, Hard Peach Teas, Hard Half and Halves. Really can't go wrong with any of the flavors. Also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, matchup reports for boxing, golf, UFC, tennis, more, uh, anything you can think of. The NBA, obviously. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to place all your uh, wagers, including live betting, your favorite casino and card games, available right from your mobile device. Uh, head to the website and use our promo code Believe B L E A V for fifty percent off on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Uh, we just obviously doing this on the heels of the All Star Game here a little bit. Just got a question for you. Just kind of taking a non sequitur here. Uh, who is the next wizard we'll see uh, represent? You know, representing the the team in the All Star Game. Is it Denny? Is it Kuzma? Is it Poole? Is it Belial? Is it other not on the roster yet? If you had to predict, um, Dominic Wilkins told our guy uh, in the All Star that uh, he say, he thinks in tech if Denny will continue to improve, he will be an All Star. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that to get to the All Star. Um, to begin with, you have to be a competitive team. You can't like exactly. be a, a, a last three run team. So probably this the next wizard to reach the All Star game won't happen until twenty twenty six at the least. Um, but I do think that if the wizard can um, you know get rid of Kuzma um, this summer and, in, and then draft either a very good point guard or a very good uh, center. So maybe either this person, maybe Alex Sar, uh, or you know Nikola Topic or uh, Isaiah Collier, somebody of the of the guards uh, will be the next all-star or maybe they will be good in, in, in teaming up with Denny and making him the next all-star. Because I think like Denny, uh, you know, before being all-star, he should be in the begin to begin with a top 100 player in the league which i think he is borderline at least borderline sure. doing right now in his current form and then you know to become top top 60 and stuff so um i hope it's danny actually but uh i won't be surprised if it won't happen for another like two or three years for kuzma you know even if kuzma would hit 30 points per night in the tanking team it wouldn't matter because People are not even looking at those teams. I was actually surprised that Scotty Barnes got in, not because he's not playing great, because he is playing great, but because the Raptors are winning like 33% of their games. Mm-hmm. So um, for, for starters, it was nice to see Bilal in the, yeah. in the All-Star, although like the collaboration with Victor like 
like lasted about four minutes or something. I know that was a little disappointing to not see them more together. Yeah, he just didn't do. Too, he didn't look like he he really gets the like the flow of the game in, in stage. So he looks you know, tired to me. Though even in that last game yeah. before the break, he just sort of looked like he was a little sluggish. So I, I think maybe if he's using the rest of his All Star game here to just uh, or All Star week to just chill, I think that's probably better for everybody anyway. Yeah, he probably hit the rookie wall, the eight famous rookie so. wall. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. So yeah, like I, I really hope they will have an all star. When they will have an all star, it means that the team is in the right direction. Because mm. right now they're not in, not on track to have any all stars over the upcoming years. And I think that actually people are looking at this draft as a bad draft. Uh, we can talk yeah. about this later, but um, I don't think that next week, next year, even with Alex Sar, or like even with the best players of this of the draft of the current draft, the winner will still be a um, bottom four or bottom five team next season as well, yeah. which also gives them a good chance to have some. I don't know if Cooper flag because he plays Danny, Danny's position, but like Danny and Bilal's position. But um, oh, I they think probably, they could all play together too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do. I, I do think. Like because their skills are not, uh, they have all the, the the necessary skills for players. So yeah, so probably like 2026, 2027, if the Wizards have an All Star, it means that in the right direction. So one of the common themes I've heard from Denny supporters has just been that first it was Scott Brooks. We threw him in the corner, terrible role, and I agree with that. Like that, you know, they just didn't know what they had. I think, and that's been a long time Wizards problem. That's not even just a Denny problem. It's just. We drafted a guy, and we don't even really know what he actually does well. We saw it with the Johnny Davis pick, you know, where you call him a point guard, and he's never played point guard in his life. He's played more power forward in his life than point guard. So um, th- this is a common theme. And then it was, hey, Wes is not using him right. And I-, I struggle with that one a little bit more because I think they wanted him to be more aggressive. He just kind of wasn't ready to do that yet. And we do forget because he's been here so long that that he is still really a young player, and that's something you kind of have to grow into. And I think that's something more that you see from the international guys is this kind of understanding of of seniority and pecking order. And that's in European basketball, like you do kind of have to like earn your stripes a little bit more than you do in the NBA. So I think that's sometimes something that you see with guys of like, oh, wait, you mean I can just take the ball and go coast to coast whenever I want if I have a mismatch? Okay, great. So I think some of this has been a natural progression, but uh, Brian Keefe seems to be getting the best of Denny. He seems to be getting the best of Corey. I think he's trying to be um, trying to get the best of Bilal so far. But again, I think that rookie wall a little bit is, is definitely a factor there. I guess, what have you seen from Brian Keefe and, and have you liked the change so far? Um, first of all, I, I do agree with you, with Wes. Uh, I don't think he was a great coach by any means, but I do think that he, even this season, he made strides to accommodate Danny a bit more. It started like when he just uh, tweaked the rotation to have uh, Danny go out at the like six minute mark and then uh, get him back in the two minute mark of the first quarter when both Kuzma and Poole are on the bench. So mm-hmm. Danny had a chance to lead the second unit. And those actually were some of the best Danny minutes that we've seen. Um, also, he just seemed a bit uh, quite uh, indifferent to what's happening on the on the court sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, not changing his rotation when a player is on the heater. Very frustrating, um, yep. Very, very frustrating. But he, he he did start to trend in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And actually, when Brian Keefe was uh, put in place, um, in the beginning, it looked even some even a bit worrisome. Because mm-hmm. if you remember in the first like three, four games, actually, it looked like 
he's going to hand over the team to Bilal and just skip Danny and everybody else. And like he gave Bilal Danny's minutes in crunch time, even, even in close games. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will, in, in that point, I remember uh, thinking to myself, okay, there's two possibilities here. One, that they're showcasing all the Dylan Wrights and Shamets and, uh, exactly. of the world to get them, to get rid of them, to get the value up. And, and the second thing is that they're uh, preparing to move on from Danny. Uh, and and from what I heard, there were some offers, like there was some discussion about like some contenders wanting Danny. So mm-hmm. maybe they thought, okay, we already have the the offers we want for Danny. So let's start playing Bilal as soon as possible. So one of those two options looked uh, looked logical to me, and I just said, okay, we, before we hit the panic mode, let's just wait and see until uh, until the deadline passes. And I think that the pass of the deadline was uh, some kind of um, you know uh, a sigh of relief from Danny. Because it's not that a sign of relief because people in Israel, we are a, like, you know, manic depressive uh, country, uh, especially these days. I and can people really, oh, act- I Yeah, uh, understandable. Yeah. And, and people like just like uh, begging the wizards to trade Danny. Like if, you know, we have all the, the things with the people that uh, in, in the tunnels in Gaza, unfortunately. So people were telling about Danny, just get him out of there now. You know, similarly, like black humor is a great way to, for escapism in Israel. So um, when he didn't, w- when we approached the deadline, I thought that like the sentiment, that, at least my sentiment was that either Kuzma or Danny won't uh, finish the deadline as wizards. Mm-hmm. And when did it was a bit disappointing in that regard because I thought that like they're going somebody is going to make way, but it didn't happen. But then that the sigh of relief, like Danny still knows uh, by the actions of the Wizards front office that they do want him uh, to be a cornerstone of the team. Yeah, I think that that and the extension have been two things that are good for his confidence. I think of like, oh shit, these guys they see me here. Like that, I think that's a positive. Yeah, yeah. So, so in this case, they do. Uh, they did give him like more of a green light, and I think that Danny just, you know, knowing that uh, this is this can be my team going forward, that this can be like my third quarter of the season going forward, where I can like you know shoot more and try more. Um, I was actually quite surprised that they didn't tra- train Tyus Jones because he had an expired contract. Uh, but then, in, in retrospect, like. Probably they didn't have good enough uh, offers. And also, Tyson Jones had a 50 million contract and did a new CBA for contending teams that can be a lot for a uh, second string point guard. Agreed. Yeah. So, um, since the, the deadline passed, I think that Danny's playing even more freely. And uh, like knowing that this team really wants me and really wants to go uh, to, to roll with me. And I think that what Brian Kiff is doing is like, as you, as you mentioned uh, in the New Orleans game, uh, really containing Jordan Poole in a better way, like trying to minimize his damages, <laughs> so to speak. So, so in this case, like you know, designing more plays for Danny and um, and and like giving him more leverage and giving him more freedom on the court is definitely something we, I, I commend Brian Key for doing. And actually, uh, <laughs> you know, when we're thinking about teams that are developing the right way. So I think the Oklahoma City Thunder are the gold the standard blueprint. in the league. Yeah. The, the blueprint, yeah. yeah. So they brought um, a, a president that was in the Oklahoma City Thunder, a, a general manager that was in the Oklahoma City Thunder, and then they handed over the the, 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 the 
team to a coach that was in the Oklahoma City Thunder. So basically, uh, I do think that now he's in the right hands. It will take time for him uh, to really develop into what uh, into his best form. But now, like the runway he has is much better than he had in any stage of his career. Uh, I'm not even talking about Scott Brooks when Bradley Willen Westbrook was doing my turn, your turn, and nobody else was touching the ball for like hours. But now he do have more runway, uh, does have more runway to try and experiment and, and I love this. We talked about this on our last podcast about the Wizards moving more back toward this everybody eats era of Wizards basketball. And I think that's really kind of what this team should try to do to be more competitive. There was one stat I thought was a little bit interesting, sort of circling back to the Kuzma conversation for a minute here. And and listener uh, Wade O'Hagan uh, sent me this, and I thought it was interesting. Wizards are 8-15 and 15 this season when Kuzma shoots more than 20 times per game. And the Wizards are 1-30 this season when he shoots less than 20 points per game. And now there's some noise in that stat, I think. Obviously, there's just not a ton of wins out of that anyway, but it does sometimes help a team when one guy is an offensive focal point because when you're drawing that much attention, it does make life easier for other guys. Like they are going to necessarily um, not draw the same kind of response from a defense and and that, that relies on that player taking that many shots to do so in the flow of the game, be a willing passer, which I think for the most part Kuzma has been uh, for his tenure here. But I, I still don't, even with that stat, I still don't want to see him taking 28 shots a game. I, I would rather a much more kind of balanced approach to this. But uh, this made me think about just Denny as a focal point of an offense. And we've seen growth and development from last year to this year. But uh, I still think he would need some more time to be the guy, right? Like if he is the guy every night, like you mentioned this, he's going to be higher on the scouting report now, if not, you know, 1A, 1B kind of thing. Um, that's a big jump for an NBA player to see that every night. And I, I just want fans to to just kind of take a calm, rational look at this, you know, be a little patient if he doesn't shoot 22 times a night on super high efficiency and average 25 points a game the rest of the way. It, it's not anyone holding him back. It's not a failure on his part. It's just it's a it's a step in the development. It's a step in the learning curve. Like we've been very like complimentary of Denny's play this year on this podcast. But one thing he, I think he struggled with is what to do when he has the ball in the final couple of minutes of a game, when a defense walls up, we've seen a lot of turn, turnovers. There was one in the Dallas game where he tried to go right through Luca and Luca just didn't move. Um, and like, that's, that's just something that's a growing pain that every player as they scale up in usage and role will has to do. So I think that's all I'm just kind of saying to everybody's just like, all right, We've hit one step. It might take a while before we see that next kind of jump again. Yeah, I, I do agree with you. If you even see like the draft of 2020, like the amount of players that became go-to players for their team is very, very limited. Yeah. It's basically Anthony Edwards, Harris um, Halliburton, and Lamelo Ball in the like 24 games a year he's playing for getting uh, injured in his ankle for the last uh, for the seventh time, and being shut down for the rest of the season. So basically, it's it's uh, it's not something that they can hold against him. And I do agree with you. I, by the way, do we have the same um, the same uh, how many times he shoots with Jordan Poole? Because mm-hmm. I think that if Denny becomes the second option mm-hmm. and uh, like getting more of. Um, of like uh, being more of a distributor, yep. I think that Danny 
does like in terms of decision making I think that Danny is second best in this Wizards team besides Tyrese Jones who is a really really awesome player mm-hmm. uh, for Danny I remember I, I advocated for the Wizards to get Tyrese Jones even before this season because I, I really think that Danny benefits from playing with a point uh, pass first point guard and floater second point guard that doesn't even hunt the three or the tough shot but like the, the good shots so I, I do agree with you uh, to to move from the third third option to first option is a big jump in any NBA team Agreed. no matter what and what is working in Danny's favor right now is that uh Danny knows that even when he's doing these kind of uh, mistakes or kind of growing going through the growing pains he doesn't have any uh consequences on the team's fate like if he would do it for you know the Milwaukee Bucks or the one of the Los Angeles teams or the New York teams the, the media would kill him and here in Washington is Whatever we lost another game, <laughs> like the seventh in the row. So yeah, and, no and nobody, no no pressure. And so it's better for him to do it with no pressure than yeah. to do it in a in a in a, in a cooking um, when when everybody is is hitting around him. And uh, in this in this case, it's good it's good for him. And I I just wanted to see him getting the ball more and avoiding like going through three minute stretches where he doesn't even touch the ball because the ball has to move and so not only for Danny to be better but for the wizards to play better basketball like when you when you see pool and Kuzma especially in the in the beginning of the season there were too many um Uh, possessions where the ball wouldn't touch like more than one or two hands before pool or Kuzma just hoist the shots from like whatever I think that's been a big focus for for Brian Keefe especially yes, lately yeah. is to just hey we need multiple touches we want to make the defense work for longer in the shot clock like that seems to be an emphasis there. yeah yeah and, and that's good both for Danny and for for, for the wizard because in the end uh you need you will have most of these players on for, for the next season as well. And you don't want to start the next season with uh, you don't you won't have Brian Kiff uh, for example like at the head coach but you will just you will want to see a coach that takes like the same approach in the terms of offense in the term of flowing off and wouldn't write of that flowing. off by the way I'm not convinced that they won't okay. give Keith a very long look at, at keeping the job here he seems to be kind of a dude that they that they have a lot of confidence in no, I'm not sorry to interrupt, right. but just throwing that out no no that's that actually I wouldn't oppose that because I like you know Phil Jackson isn't coming back exactly. for retirement to to coach the Wizards and Dre Arwah isn't going through the door no. um so we're going to you know there are if you looking at uh, the, the next uh, coach of the Wizard will have to be somebody who puts an emphasis on developing players because mm-hmm. whoever the Wizards have at the top four or top five uh and Danny and Kispert and Bilal Kispert, I, I'm maybe not Kispert because he did big strides, but he's not like a developmental uh, stage because of his age. But whoever will be the next coach of the Wizard will have to put an emphasis. So if Brian Kiff is doing it this this season as well, just give him the leash for another season. Who knew, who knew Mark Dagenvold before he just... Exactly, uh, yeah. With the Thunder, so... Maybe- well, Hardy, I mean, there's a couple of these guys that have just kind of come out of nowhere to to be, you know, really like moving the needle for their team. Actually, Scott Brooks in his first ter- first uh, term with the Oklahoma City Thunder, he started with coaching a very young team, yeah. and he just took them to the finals. So, so I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not sure that you know Brian Kiff can do that. I think but, he's available. Um, We could just bring Scott Brooks back if everybody yeah, wants yeah. to see that again. Or Kevin Durant, maybe yeah, right, like exactly. young Kevin Durant back. So yeah, um, 
So I, I do love what Keith is doing, uh, like designing more plays and, and just uh, let, letting Danny cook more. What's Denny's long-term ceiling? We've seen this jump, you know, like there's there's still some stuff he's going to have to do. Where do you think he can ultimately get to? Not to limit him or say this is, you know, but where do you personally think like he kind of ends up as a player? I want to see to see Denny um, not maybe end up, but reach the stature of uh, a top 60 player, like being the third uh, most important players in a very on, on a contender. Mm-hmm. I want to, to 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 see him being Chris Middleton or you know mm-hmm. in the box in the 2021 box or Aaron Gordon in the 2023 Nuggets. 20 uh, I, I was kind of thinking like where Aaron Wiggins ended up with that last Warriors championship team. Like sometimes a two, sometimes a three, depending on the night. Could be an offensive guy, be a defensive guy. Like that versatility I think would be really big for for a team making a deep run. Like the, yeah, I like to be the you know the Swiss knife army for yeah, for a contender, yeah. uh, and and when I really I just went like after after the 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 current streak I just went back to the things that I wrote about him uh, when you before he started the career, mm-hmm. and uh, I was talking to Devin Blair uh, who was the assistant coach of Mike Tony in the team that actually invented like, the three and D. Um, uh, heard of forwards uh-huh. in this current uh, in, in the in the form that the NBA probably use it today, and like he he gave like four things that every three and D forward should do this uh, in this league to know how to pass the ball, to shoot the three, to defend like three to five positions, and uh, to attack closeouts. And actually, I think Danny reached the point where we we have checked yeah. all four boxes. So, so in in this case, he can really be a valuable guy for every contender. Uh, and, you know, not I, I'm not sure he will be an all-star, but he can get, you know, the occasional all-star. Yeah. That, that My team is so good, we need to have a third all-star kind of all-star. Just being in consideration would be... Being in consideration. Yeah. To play in, a, in like a, a top level, uh, and I think he really, really can do that. He needs to, you know, there are things that we can all agree he still needs to to improve. But then he, we also start to see this improvement. For example, you know, uh, in the first, uh, in the first, in, in, in lately the game against the Celtics, like in his first possession, he was ending up uh, sizing up uh, Jalen Brown, mm-hmm. like uh, ten meters from the basket, and Jalen Brown took away his right. So Jenny just turned to the left, like passed him like, you know, a, a, a race car mm-hmm. and just went for, for an end one when the weak side help didn't uh, come fast enough. So we really do see him try and improve the things. Yeah. And like when he, he he's also starting to cough up the ball more, uh, which is probably good because he's trying new things. He's exactly. trying new stuff. He's facing new defenses. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the only way to learn. So yeah. in, in terms of his ceiling, I, do th- I don't want to put a ceiling on, 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 on ultimately what he can do sure. because... I th- do think that he's uh, like objectively, without being an Israeli or or a Danish stand, uh, his combination of uh, speed and uh, and lateral quickness uh, and strength for this position is on the on the upper echelon of the league. Most of the players you think you you see aren't as strong or as speed or, or as quick, and I think that Danny do uh, possess this kind of combination. Uh, that makes him very intriguing players, maybe even above the ceiling that you just mentioned. I'm with you. And I think that's kind of where I see this going as well. Uh, it's 
it's the quickness thing that you just mentioned. That's always been the thing I think I've underrated the most. Like I've always talked about how he's a strong player. I think he's better um, defending bigger players. So he can defend anybody to, to a certain degree, but like the Giannis's of the world, I think he does a better job on than he does like a Damian Mullard, for instance. And uh, that's a tough assignment either way. So, you know, you're kind of in a tough spot, but um, that first step offensively has been, been more impressive. And I think that's something he's, He's worked hard on. He he looks a little more explosive this year, I think, too. So one of the other things I've, I've kind of pointed out with Denny is it's never been a question of working hard. Like you see him being one of the guys that'll stick around after a game to get shots up. It's it's the working smarter, not harder piece of it. And and sometimes getting a ton of shots up with bad form. You know, it, you're still getting a lot of shots up, so you should get credit for that. But also now, like this shooting coach he's worked with it, you mentioned it's much more fluid. It looks like, you know, a, a jumper that is repeatable and he can continue to grow with that. He's hit 40% of those threes in the first year. I mean, you know, there's kind of no cap on, on where that can continue to go, but it's just um, now like, let's see what he adds. Cause I, I think you mentioned the left-hand piece. It's to the point now where when he does go left, I think it still catches some people by surprise. Can he make that kind of an equal part of his arsenal where, now I can't like, I'm still probably going to steer him left, but he's going to be able to hurt me with it just as much. And and I think that's going to be something I really hope he makes a point of emphasis on this off season, maybe some more mid range pull-up kind of stuff, just giving himself more versatility and options to, to kind of counter some of the ways the defenses are going to start to defend him. I think. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you. And just to, to, to add to what you said about his quickness, uh, out of players that played at least 35, uh, 35 games this year, Danny Abdiel leads the, NBA, the, the entire NBA in pace, like 105.68 um, positions per game. So it's, it's not like he's only quickness, like he, he's not doing it only like, uh, you know, after certain situations. It's sometimes that he takes the rebound and just runs coast to coast. But it also, like sometimes... Like his 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 great um, attacking closeouts right now, he's getting the the, the ball in semi transition. Like whenever he's getting the ball, he's not like the first step, but he's like on the verge on the first step. And that time you can really catch a lot of players off guard. Like he did it to Terry Rozier in the in the Miami Heat game. He did it to, to Luke Arnett in the Celtics game. And it's it's actually helping him like get more opportunities to both himself and to his teammates, and um, and and that's that's great. And I do think that yeah, we do see him try to dare more going to his left, and um, and for example, yeah, I, I mentioned the Jalen Brown thing, and also like even. Starting with the left and like you know you're stepping to the right. Yep. Sometimes it's it's a good change of pace, mm -hmm. a change of hand. So yeah, I, I do think his offensive arsenal uh, is is great. And like to to take what you said about the forty percent. So in, in this uh, in the one of the articles that I, I did before, I just like Joe Ingles was the comparison that they had like four years ago. Mm -hmm. And I talked to Kuspi, and he says if he ever this is. He can be Joe Ingles if he gets to 37%. If he becomes a sharpshooter, like a 40% guy, the sky's the limit for him. Yeah, I agree. That's what, that's what we see right now. He's actually, from the beginning of 2024, he's shooting 48% from three. He's seventh in the league. And it, what, it, it will not be sustainable for the rest of his career. That would be tough, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, but but landing on like 39 to 40 percent from three will definitely change his outlook. Uh, and the wizard outlook as well. Because if you have this guy who can do these things as the first option, so okay, you have something you can build around. And this, you know, if you are going so you can go with a stretch center that can really open up all of your offense. And that's that's really a lot of opportunity for the Wizards as a team, as a ball club going forward, which is great news for Wizards fans, not only to Danny Stans. I think um, being well over 40% would be a bad sign for us, for him going, for, going forward, because I think it would mean he didn't have the kind of volume that we'd want from him. You know, like yeah. it, it's if you're, you can be around 40 on high volume, now you're really making defenses work. And, and I think that's, um, that's something we definitely want to see. Yeah, and, and something that is good and, and worth mentioning is that uh, the a um, lot of time when you do shoot more, uh, the, the efficiency goes down. And then he actually, when he shoots more, the efficiency goes up. Up, yeah, I agree. And this is, I, I don't think it's very usual to see when players are taking major roles on them and the players that do take major roles on them and are uh, more, uh, you know, usually they end up in good places. Um, so yeah, this is pretty good for him. I, I think what would explain that a little bit is the confidence piece of this. If he's taking a lot of shots, it's because he feels confident. And if you feel confident, you're probably going to make more shots. And and I think that's been something he's talked about a little bit here too. Uh, the other night after the Pelicans game, he said, I know my spots now I'm confident on my shot that I worked hard on this summer. I'm in a good mood. Obviously the franchise believed in me. They signed me for another four years. So that was big for me too. I'm just playing free. I'm playing to compete. I'm not really overthinking it too much. And he followed that up by saying, I don't know if something really changed. I feel like I'm just more confident, working hard, patient. It's been a long four years for me, ups and downs. My teammates have uh, been here with me with all this process. It's been great. They're pushing me. They're looking for me. Without them, honestly, without their push, uh, I could be in that good good of a stretch that like I am. So I, I think he's telling us right there, like, I feel good. I feel confident. And as long as he can kind of keep that confidence, I don't see any reason why we can't continue to see like that level of shooting. Yeah. And even when the confidence goes down because teams target him more, sure. it is because teams target him more, yeah, not right. because he's not getting the shots that the guy, because I think with Danny, we always thought it's a matter of confidence. Mm -hmm. We always thought that this is the, this is the matter that he's overthinking and he's too much in his head, in his own head, and um, and this can be you know something that can derail his, the, him the rest of his career and maybe ultimately will be his downfall. Uh, but then, uh, oh boy, uh, do, does he, he he does feel very confident right now? And I also love that. This one, this element we we uh, saw for, with him at the beginning, he's a great kid. Mm. He 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 says all the, the the good things, and he knows like to speak with the media and not to get like on anybody's um, feet, on anybody's toes in the team, and not like to try to you know get too ahead of himself and or, like you know to feel himself in kind of way. So in, in this case. Um, I also love to hear him uh, getting interviewed after the games because he has great insights and actually love that he said that he's really believing in this team, which is uh, actually, as I say, most of his, most of the Danny's fans are not believing in this team. But I do think that uh, like long term, he's in the right place for him right now. And people are uh, like in Israel and uh, in Europe generally, the notion of tanking is Unfortunate. Yeah, exactly. No, it's a foreign concept. Like it's it's like in Israel, if your team stinks, 
you're being relegated to the second to this to the second division mm-hmm. or to the third division and then go completely off the map um like in the NBA they're not um punishing teams for losing yeah, you, get a pri- you get a prize for doing it actually yeah yeah so so this whole notion for people who are not um every time we do have successes in Israel we do have a new bandwagon fans and Yeah. But then the bandwagon fans that uh, are, you know, Maccabi Tel Aviv fans or Paul Jerusalem or Paul Holland, Paul Tony fans, they're just coming to, okay, this team is losing. Why are people so happy? Yeah. And, and you said, okay, they're losing because they're supposed to lose. What do you mean supposed to lose? Why, yeah, why would you call the team to, to do that? Basketball games. So you can say in the NBA, there are 30 teams. And the, uh, like every time, every year, contrary to what Jobari Parker just said um, a year ago, not half of the team are trying to win. Like, three four like three quarters of the team with two thirds of three quarters of the team are trying to win something to win a playoff uh, spot at least yeah. and like the, the seven other doesn't have any reason to try to win so they're just going to tank and just going to to build themselves so we I had to explain this to a lot of people in Israel uh, because this is like a foreign concept literally a foreign concept for us it, it definitely takes some getting used to also uh like wait we we incentivize a team for being so bad. Um, just a second ago, you mentioned uh, Denny's kind of grab and go potential. I-, I think that was always the thing that stood out for me the most with him. And I, I wrote about post draft was just, I think that was the thing he could immediately contribute is this is a guy that can rebound and push the ball on the break. And, and that was something that was sort of, even four years ago was like still something trending up in the NBA. It's something we saw, you know, Russell Westbrook do here at a great effect of if you don't have to get the rebound and then look for someone to outlet to. You've put so much extra pressure on a defense by being able to just take it and, and get it off the rim. And, and that's something I think the Wizards seem to be prioritizing with the people they're looking for personnel-wise. It's something Denny can do. It's something Kuzma does to great effect. It's something I think Koulibaly can do long-term here too, especially as he gets a little stronger and, and hits the boards a little bit more. So uh, that's just something that I think you need in modern basketball to stress these defenses. And I, I think it's maybe the thing He's kind of done the best from day one. It's just now they seem to empower him more to want to keep that ball and do that. And, and that was really the piece where, like I, I the thing if if I am a Denny hater, the thing I've always said is him as a point guard does not work. Like I, I he cannot be your primary offensive creator. What I want to see from him, though, is as soon as he gets the ball, just take off every time. Just like, and even if you have to pull it back, so be it. I trust the decision making. enough that you know if he's the guy with the ball we'll, we'll feel good about that it's just him slowly bringing the ball up court to trying to run the play and create good shots for others that's where I just don't, I don't see it the same way other people seem to see it and that's not a knock on him it's just I think where he can have the most value is this grab and go piece the, the list of players that can do whatever you or what you mentioned right now in Denny's size yeah. is basically it's like Luca LeBron, LeBron. Yeah. probably Yanis in, in yeah. some terms. Um, so like Denny is not on that level least yet, but I do, I do. It's funny that you mentioned Westbrook because too many times, too, too many times under the Scott Brooks regime, when Denny grabbed the rebound, he had to handle it to Westbrook and just run to the corner. Sure. Uh, and this was, Westbrook was, was bringing the ball up slowly a lot of time. We didn't do Danny or the Wizards any favor. Like the Wizards did reach a playoff this year, but uh, it didn't do Danny any favors. Mm. Uh, and it was not like a successful long-term 
strategy. Uh, luckily, LeBron wanted Westbrook. Uh, luckily for the Wizards. But uh, yeah, I, I do agree with you, like uh, running the ball up. And I will add another dimension to it. Being the point guard, the full point guard, no. But uh, being the secondary playmaker is something yeah, that that's huge. Yeah. That's huge, and and when we talked about like Danny getting the ball in semi transition or like in the in the, in the initial switch that defenses are doing, and then Danny goes downhill, and then you have two shooters in the corner that Danny can uh, to sh- can can pass to because another underrated uh, I think element in Danny's game is his ability to pass through uh, to, to pass from dribbling. Like mm-hmm. to dribble to the basket and then just see a player and just the live dribble passing is, is definitely live something a six foot eight six foot eight guys don't do particularly well, you know. So it's something he has that that not many of his archetype guys can do. Yeah, and it is he can handle it. Uh, he can hand it for alley oops, and he can like push it, uh, pass it behind his back, and he can. He's really uh, has some virtuous passing all, mm-hmm. also this year. So like whenever Danny getting the ball in semi transition to do the secondary playmaking, I think that's where he's best. Uh, and also like as you said, going downhill is is huge. Is huge and. Um, He's really just starting to stretch the first and, and you know unlock the achievements and unlock the things that he can do. Uh, just a comment from the chance here. I want to hit on um, Joey said, nah, when I mentioned mid-range pull-up for Denny, he said, nah, uh, mids are anti-analytical, floaters and post-up maybe. Actually, floaters are a bad efficiency shot for, for most players in the league. But uh, if you look at primary offensive options for NBA players, every team has a guy that they can go to late in the playoffs that, he can score from all three levels. And sometimes that is a mid range pull up and, and yet maybe not the highest efficiency shot as opposed to a layup or a wide open three, but you have to be able to do that. Somebody has to be able to shoot from that space of the court. Uh, just, just the way they guard teams. So for him to take that next step, that's a counter he'll have to be able to do. I'm not suggesting he takes 17 of them a game, but if you know, that's on the scouting report, it's a different layer that, that you have to account for. Um, also, Joey asked, any noticeable differences in Keith versus Unselled, the Denny style? We talked about at the beginning of the show. If yeah. you joined us late, definitely um, go back and check that out. Elizabeth Hayden said, how do you guys see Denny's chemistry with Bilal in two years? I, I think the thing I've liked about Cool Bali the most so far out of the gates is, is he seems to kind of do the right things and, and try to make the right passes. Again, like I'm kind of throwing the last like five games away because he's looked a little, a little um, just sort of out of it. But Early in the year, it was like surprising. Of okay, this is a kind of raw rookie who's like making the right reads, and and that's something that we saw Denny try to do early on in his career too. So I think these are two guys that that want to be unselfish and can play really well off each other. So I, I feel really good about that. They're both Europeans, also. <laughs> that does not hurt. That's not lost on me, by the way. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and they do think that it. Uh, but by the way, I just uh, t- check the. <laughs> The stats of Danny in, in pull-up twos this year, and it's not going to be flattering. He has like eight of thirty, eight of thirty-five pull-up twos all year. Actually, pull-up threes is thirty-six percent, but yeah. pull-up twos are, are are that. And yeah, I do love the chemistry between Bilal and Danny, especially because um, there are the two players that try hardest on defense mm-hmm. uh, of the Wizards. So whenever, like you know, they have each other back. So you know, Bilal can handle the initial the initial action, and then Danny has 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 it and in the in the like uh, in the drop, and uh, can you know either block or try to steal when Bilal is doing the initial reach. So I think that in the a lot of times this year we just saw them collaborate very well at the defensive end, and this actually leads to breaks and in breaks then both Danny and Bilal tried. So I think like 
we need to see more lineups with Danny and Bilal together to develop that chemistry. And um, and and actually, like the, both the, the 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 stuff that the both Europeans and uh, they both like had some kind of Bilal had like a very um, you, Danny, if you remember, he came into the league in the COVID season mm-hmm. where he didn't have like too too much time to to get himself acclimated in, into the Wizards like one month from the draft to starting. And Bilal just had like one year ago he was still playing for the for the Vets second team. Mm-hmm. So both of them had to like be a, very abrupt. So Danny can relate to that. And I think that Danny can take a mentor role with Bilal the same way Kuzma is taking this mentor role with Danny. Yeah, so uh yeah. so so building the chemistry with, with both of them is I think pivotal for the Wizards future. Um, and I do want them to to I do want to see both of them play more. Um, and the problem is that, that like Wes was too going like with either of them because uh, I think what 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 else now is is good is that the wizard doesn't have Daniel Gafford, which is not a premier center in this league. But the option that they do have now, with the option that they do yeah. have now, that Bangley and Holmes, which was done uh with purpose by uh, on purpose uh you can do play uh, uh front court of kuzma bilal and denny together mm-hmm. and actually i think it also um like forces kuzma to try more try harder on defense too sure because like you know two of the your friends are trying so why i i won't be the on and out so i, I do think that uh we will see some Kuzma small ball center, Danny small ball center, and this actually when Kuzma tries, so you have a very switchable front court yeah. that can you know track um, long rebounds and turn them into uh, fast break opportunities, and that that may you know may not bring the wizard to the playoff, but can uh, create some fun basketball, which is something that uh, Wizards we'll fans were just proud of this season. And yeah, you mentioned Oklahoma City East. I think that's really the model, right? Of of everybody at every position can pass dribble, shoot, and defend. At least theoretically, um, that that would be that would be great with that front court. Apologies in advance for the pronunciation here. Azana Cabret asked uh, in the chat a little bit about who we should be drafting and, and focusing on. I, I think just circling back to the convo we just had. I would not be opposed to another European player who understands how to play team basketball and has the skills to pass dribble and shoot with positional size. So whoever that is to you in your mind, that's the kind of guy I would be keeping an eye on um, for them. We started a campaign earlier on our podcast earlier this year uh, for Olivia Saar, uh, for, for Alex Saar. Olivia, yeah. Olivia is playing in the Oklahoma City. I loved so, Olivier, by the way. I had a lot of draft stock that year, so I'm glad he's actually like in the NBA right now. Yeah, we haven't had a campaign. We called it Sarah 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 is in Israel, is Ministry of Treasury. And like we thought that he can be a treasurer for the Wizards. Uh, and they think that uh, having him as a stretch center, like if you're thinking long term about a Danny Bilal Sar mm-hmm. uh, front court, I think this can be a very intriguing front court like five years going forward. Sure. And we Osara is not like Victor Wembanyama, like the flying spaghetti monster. <laughs> but even with like normal uh, dimensions for him, yeah, yeah, normal uh, um, big man dimensions, like the being seven footer, seven one. Uh, I do think that when you do do see him in Perth uh, this season, he is the ideal player to to put next to Danny and Bilal. If you're not thinking, sorry, Kyle, uh, about the the Wizards' uh, younger generation. And the other way, 
the Wizards are actually they're not stacked on the sec on, on on the two guard, but they do have Jordan Poole, which is I think untradeable yeah, as much or, or maybe more even than Bradley Beal. So either you put you you bring him off the bench. Uh, and put Kispert on 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 second because they're also another French guy, Zachary Zachet, that can play the two. Uh, but they do think that a center, especially given what the Wizards have now and the fact that they're not going to bring you know, a, a free agent marquee signing, uh, is a great way uh, to 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 create something that is sustainable for the long term. And either because Tyus Jones is going away, Dylan Wright is not, and you don't have anything point guard. So if Sar is off the board, I would go for uh, maybe another European point guard, maybe Nikola, somebody like Nikola Topic, who is also big for his position, and you know create another fun combination. If you're not going to actually defend, at least be big for your position. You know, like it's it's like that's where Topic is right now. Like he's sort of this just he's there defensively, but. I'd rather you be six foot five in there than six feet tall. So um, it's at least something. Uh, Shahar Mizrahi asked, do you think uh, Denny should be our opening point guard? I would say go back about 10 minutes in the episode. We covered that one. Um, so, so something for you to circle back to. He uh, also said hi to Soroka in Hebrew, which is like a go Soroka. So. Yeah, there you go. I love that. Uh, and there's no translation button for me here on uh, on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. so, me. Um, we mentioned the defense here a little bit. So, in our last episode, I said that I thought Denny has been not as good defensively this year as he was the previous year. And the response I got to that from a lot of people was, how dare you say that Denny is a bad defender? And I would caution anyone to go back and look to that, like listen to exactly what I said. He has been a step back um, or step down from last year's level of defense. And um, some of that could be the people around him, it could be the overall personnel on the team, although I don't think the defensive personnel was particularly great last year. I, I think it's just a matter of picking and choosing his spots a little bit more now that he's tapped with more offensively. And it, we've seen him defend. I'm not worried about that. Uh, but also, I think sometimes when you end up on a team where other people aren't defending and there's no consequence for not defending, it does kind of seep into your mindset a little bit here. I, I'm not saying that that'll be the long-term case, but we know when they want to be competitive again, he's a guy that can lock in and defend. And now we've seen him be more competent offensively. I think the next kind of step is also just putting those things back together. And um, it's, it's again, it's not been bad. He's one of the two best defenders on the team. Like, I, I hope nobody took that away from me saying he took a step back. But um, this was a guy that was a, an elite defender. And I just don't think we've seen that level of defense from him this year. So, so where are you at with the defense overall? Um, a good friend of mine, Pini Barel, we run like a daily, uh, daily, like he daily rundown of what that he's doing every day. Yeah. Uh, he actually, like, in after every game, you can see like he, he does like an Instagram post about the the percentage that Denny forces other players to to shoot at the defender, and this is some of the numbers like from lately versus the Mavs. The Mavs shot eight of twenty five. With him, the Celtics eight for twenty-two, the Timberwolves twelve for thirty-two, the Heat six for twenty-two, the Jazz uh, six for fifteen, the Spurs two for ten, the Hawks four for fifteen, uh, two two for fifteen, the Knicks six um, six of uh, eighteen. So actually, um, it's thirty-two percent. He's holding rivals back, and I also like feel it when uh, I'm broadcasting the game. Uh, there are a lot of times where. Um, Players are, are blowing by him 
in higher frequency than last like um, previous seasons, but it's um, part because of the additional responsibilities taking in offense, and part because nobody except Bilal uh, and sometimes Kispert even cares or can compete in defense. Like actually, every time Poole is doing a defensive play, I'm just highlighting it. Like, yep, you saw Jordan Poole really tried the defense. Yeah. He really tried it was to think. Yeah. It was uh, just mentioning that because you don't see that very often. So when nobody is defending uh, besides you, so even like you, you personally know that if somebody will blow by you and somebody, and if you have Porzingis or even Gafford, some right. kind of, which is the average defender, but a mm-hmm. good reprotector and blocker. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, sometimes the rotations has, aren't there. Nobody has your back. Like it's, it's definitely discouraging. I think for a player to be like, all right, I, I've got no help here. I'm on an Island. You know, like I've got the best defensive guy that or the best offensive player. It's, it's a tough ask. Yeah, but but when when he does get to contest a shot, or mm-hmm. to you know put a body on somebody on like a, put, put, ride ride his hip to the rim or trying to so so he does still do, do he still does as great defensive uh, job as he did before. It's mm-hmm. just like the the team defense as a concept is horrible. Tyus Johnson Poole are horrible defensive backcourt. Jones is trying, but he's like tiny, and Poole never tried. Like he's trying once in a blue moon or once in a game, and um, and yeah, and so, so this is this is quite tough for him, and also as you said, discouraging for a motivational standpoint. When you know that nobody will get will will get thrown to the bench by the coach exactly. for not defending, so there is less of a prize for your mistakes. Mm-hmm. So this one also like uh, isn't very good for the Wizards as a team and one of the reasons that they're losing so much. Uh, but um, this once once you have somebody who is more reliable behind him or more minutes with Bilal, I think he's uh, not only the the optics, not, not only the, the numbers, but the optics of the defense will get back to what we were uh, seeing from him years before. Yeah, I'm not worried about it long term or, or any way, shape or form. I, I think we've seen him do it and I think we can definitely get back to it. And uh, I do hope that whoever they draft is somebody that that is going to at least contribute some effort on that end too. like that. That should be really the blueprint for guys that they look for that, that can at least theoretically be two way players. So. Um, I'm hopeful that that's a, that's a theme for them. If uh, you're listening to this on Twitter or uh, X or whatever we're calling it now or on YouTube, um, if you go to the YouTube stream and can hit that little like button for us as we go, uh, I always appreciate that. Rate, review, subscribe. All that good stuff is good here too. Um, Aran, I don't have a ton else for you here. Is there anything else that you'd like to touch on uh, before we start to wrap this thing up? Um. No, I just uh, hope that um, I, I, another thing that they want to see, and uh, he he just got on the radar of the of the national media, like the the Zach Lowe uh, pod lately, and the Bill Simmons lately. So I do want to get him at least get some national recognition, which is flattering for the Wizards, <laughs> as, as, as opposed to get. Yeah, exactly. anything. And I do see him, I do want to see him. Um, we uh, Ophel Chanel just asked, uh, he just called me a king, but he also, <laughs> also asked if Danny can reach 20 points per game. I'm not, I don't think like this season, no, but I think that if he keeps up like the 18 to 20 range, uh, this season have 
probably three, four, 30 point games. Uh, he can get into the ballots of some people for the most improved player. And this is something that can be a welcome sight for the Wizards in the, in the season that nobody will get any you know, recognition for any individual uh, effort, any individual award. So I do think that if Danny will have 18 to 20 points per game the rest of the way, uh, he can like be like the sixth, seventh in, in the ballots of the most improved player. And uh, this can be very welcome, very promising, and very welcoming for him and for the Wizards as a as a world club. Yeah, they. I mean, that would be the biggest developmental story of the Wizards over the last ten years, probably. So that that would be amazing. The fact that they haven't had guys that are really even in contention for an award like that has said a lot. Uh, I guess if he's asking, can he reach twenty points per game as his average for the season? This year, no. <laughs> I would say there's, there's no chance of that. Could he average close to 20 the rest of the way? We talked about that. I think that's much more possible. Can he get to 20 points per game at some point in his career? I think he certainly could. I think the sweet spot for him on a good team is really like 17, 7, and 7. Like that's the kind of guy you want to see on like a winning team. I think if he's if he's averaging, you know, 23 points per game. It's probably because the Wizards aren't very good next year. So um, that that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we we don't want, we probably, Israeli fans don't want to see him as a loser, in the losing team. But I do think that uh, in the long term, uh, with this management, uh, no disrespect to Tommy Shepard, uh, with this management, they seem to know what they're doing, uh, at least. And they, so far, they do have a blueprint. And when Winger went to Tim Beyonces and said, I have a five years plan. So people were in the first year of this five years plan. And the first year is supposed to be tough and rough. So let's stand it. Together we will win. We say in Israel, So uh, stay patient and trust in the process, trust the process and believe in Danny and believe in Wizards. I love that, man. I got to clip that. We're going to have to use that. I do have one last question for you, though. You mentioned that um, there there was a reasonable contingent of Israeli fans that were hoping he would be traded at the deadline. Now that we've seen him take a more active role, do you think that perception has changed? Like, do you think people are now happier he'll be with the Wizards or want him to be here longer term? Or do you think the larger percentage would still like to see him move on to a different team, you know, next year or something like that? Um, I think right now we're like reaching the 15-year plateau uh, since having a first a player in the NBA, mm. and we never had an NBA player in the playoffs. No, the closest wow. the closest we had was Omri Kaspi in the Golden State Warriors. Mm. He actually played very good, uh, for, very well for them. But then, uh, not only that he got injured in the ankle, but Steph got injured, and they had to convert Quinn Cook into a two-way from two-way player to a regular spot. I think he was actually the first two-way player ever to be. Uh, converted to a regular standard NBA contract. And then they, uh, because Omri was out for like two months or something, they had to cut Omri. And this was a heartbreak in biblical dimensions in Israel. It was like the heartbreak uh, in like, in in terms of Israeli NBA fandom, uh, it was similar to the heartbreak we had when David Blatt was fired from the Cavaliers uh, with LeBron. So we do want to see uh, Danny in the playoffs and we do want to, I think that like a large contingent of Israeli fans um, still would prefer to see Danny playing, you know, like the fourth fiddle to Jokic or mm. like the fifth fiddle to 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 Yanis or to Tatum or something. 
just to be a part of a good team because as we say in Israel we do we are regular getting win. used to players that are trying to win uh, but right now if Danny is going to give us like the 20-25 points per game I think it will like you know it's a little easier right <laughs> yeah the, the sentiment towards the Wizards will be better as long as they're giving the, the opportunity to Rome and to get into himself and to get into the state that he's uh, he can get to so I think like the, the sentiment towards the Wizards will warm up as well yep for sure uh are there any next Denny's on the way here? Is there a next up-and-coming Israeli star that we should be keeping an eye on draft-wise? Um, I, I don't see the names on the draft board, but actually uh, there was a Basketball Without Borders uh, camp mm-hmm. yep. where um, there were two Israelis um, okay. getting there. One of them is called Ben Saraf, which is playing uh, good minutes for uh, one of the one of the. Premier League teams is right now injured, but he is like in the younger, uh, in the younger European Championship. He reminds me some kind of a Shea Gillis Alexander type of player. Um, I, he, he's like totally not Shea yet, but Shea was also a basketball without borders alumni. Uh, but uh, there is another guy who is actually an Israeli that is um, um, growing up in Florida. He's called, his name is Sean Abayev, and he was named one of the all-stars of the latest Basketball Without Borders. I thought, I, I just checked that I saw him on the virtu- on the recruiting rankings, something about like the 48 to 60 on two uh, recruiting rankings for the uh, 2025 draft. Uh, so maybe we got him. There are also actually a lot of players from the French league are going uh, to are going to be featured in this draft. And actually, one of the um, young guards there is called Noam Yakov, uh, and uh, he's not an NBA player yet. But I do think he has a lot of potential. He's a great passing point guard. Uh, he has good shoot. He's, he's shooting. Pretty well. He needs to to be better as a shooter, I think. But he's great ball handler. And last but not least, there is a guy uh, that was actually a revelation for Israeli fans because nobody knew him before. Uh, his name is Danny Wolf, and he played great minutes for a team that reached the uh, the finals of the under twenty or under nineteen. Sorry, uh, he's uh, having a great college basketball season too. He's playing in Yale. In uh, yeah, I think he's playing in Yale. Yeah, and they're and very good too. And uh, if you if you sing his game, there's like again, very very reduced version of Nikola Jokic. He's yeah. looking like he took Jokic as a role model and is trying to like be the the passing center, the heavy center that is plowing his way to the basket. So actually, I think for Israeli fans, these these are uh, very exciting times. We have multiple players uh, which can be. Uh, and be future NBA players, and we that means that also we're going part to probably to have a very good national team in a couple of years. And last but not least, uh, like this regard, we do have still have Yamadal, who mm-hmm. the Celtic draft pick, what was yeah. drafted in the second round, is now playing for Fenerbahce, one of the top um, yeah. teams in, uh, in Europe. In, in Europe, and he uh, also uh, had a buzzer bit against against Real Madrid. So I think for him, like he will probably need to start being like the 14th or 15th uh, player in an NBA roster, or maybe even a two-way if you if he agrees to do that. But mm-hmm. he can, he's definitely uh, at least a fringe NBA player, uh, like sure. a, yeah. the rotation NBA player, if he wants to. And I do, do believe that in, in some stage we'll see. Uh, I've obviously seen him play before, but of the other names you mentioned, Danny Wolf is the one I'm most familiar with as a, as a college basketball fan. And I think he's a guy that 
if I'm a team looking to fill a two-way contract out, he's a guy I would immediately call. He's 6'10", and he shoots the shit out of it. Like, that's, you know, hey, he's, he's, he's probably not the best athlete. He's probably a drop coverage big, but why not take a chance on a stretch big, especially, um, you know, on a cheap contract? So, Aran, this has been great, man. Thank you for doing this. We'll have to do this more regularly. I hope our guy here gives us something to, to keep talking about for the rest of the season. Um, you do an amazing job. Where can people find the rest of your work and coverage? So basically, I'm writing and broadcasting games, um, mainly Danny's games, but not only. Uh, I'm sporting the Israeli sports channel, so it's like basically for Hebrew um, uh, speakers, but I also tweet sometimes in English in my Twitter. It's so Rockman, and also like the best podcast in the world, uh, except the Bleeded Wizards, of course, is uh, our podcast of CBNBI, um, which is uh, have like, we, we do have a lot of uh, Danny fans there. So um, shout out to them and shout out to your uh, listeners as well. Um, love, love, Keep up the great job, man. I, I love listening to your pod as well. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, for everybody that's listening to this uh, and is not already checking out your work, I would uh, strongly encourage you to do so. And again, we'll have to have you back. Hopefully we have um, a, like a nice end of season wrap up we can do here on on our, uh, our guy averaging 20 points per game the rest of the way and, and winning that most improved award. So uh you know the drill, everybody. Rate, review, subscribe. We always appreciate that. Click that little like button on YouTube for us. It's been Believe in Wizards, and we will check you all next time. Oh, and we're presented by betonline.ag. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube